Hey everybody, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. This week's episode is called Time, the Ultimate Currency. (laughs) I do believe time is the true currency of life, right? I mean, a lot of people say it's money, but no. I mean, money is an energetic exchange, yes. But what is more valuable than time, right? The one currency that you can never get back. So think on that for a minute. Here we go, guys. This is such a touchy subject for so many people because, I mean, we all value our time and our freedom above most things. I feel like that's something that nobody wants somebody else to sort of pressure them out of because it's everything. I think on some level we all know it's sort of the ultimate thing. I mean, I'm somebody who works hard for my money and like I believe that I believe that it is an important thing because it's a currency that can, I mean, like I said, I think it's an energetic exchange really, but it's all about giving you the ability to have what you want, the comfort that you want in life, to be able to give back in the way you want to, to provide support to the ones you love. Like there's a lot of value in money. I know a lot of people kind of look down their nose at it, but I'm not saying that at all, that it's something to just, you know, write off. I get the value of money. But let's look at it next to the value of time. Because money, if it runs out, you can make more of it. What about time? When was the last time that somebody's clock ran out and they could just reset it, right? Not a thing. So it really is more valuable. And it's kind of ironic, right? Because, listen, I'm not going to go on a whole gender tear here because... I want to say men more so than women, but there are women in this energy as well who prefer to have like their finances, their career and all that stuff right, like in the right place before jumping into long-term commitment. And it makes sense, right? Because I mean, a lot of men stereotypically have the provider role. And so I think maybe they're raised that way, that that is sort of to be that provider and give that sense of security to their family, that it's an expectation that so many people place on them as men. But whether it's for a man or a woman doesn't really matter. But what's kind of ironic and messed up with the whole thing is that, um, again, sort of stereotyping here a bit, but many women or um, many people within a relationship, it doesn't have to be a woman, but are of a sentiment of, I don't care about that monetary stuff you know, or what you can give to me. I just want your time and energy. And it's almost as if in that scenario, people feel like they're competing with a career, right? It's not another woman or another man. It's literally, you know, they're trying so hard to feel stable within themselves before stepping into the commitment. And then the other partner is pushing for commitment before stability and and it's a very weird dynamic and I have a lot of friends right now in this position and I know it's I I see it all the time I've seen it with men in my own life and you can't argue with it because it comes down to whatever somebody puts value on and for some people feeling it's not just about the monetary piece it's just about feeling like the provider and the security and the stability in a relationship Uh, And so if they need that first, then they're not going to be able to enter into a committed relationship in a good solid place anyway, because they're going to be all up in their head and not feeling like enough or feeling insecure. And so you really can't, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. 
but I feel like a lot of people want to fight and argue their point on that. And I was just telling a good friend, you know, if the more you sort of stand in that and feel like you have to try to convince them of your way, the more you're going to energetically push them away because, you know, it's like a fight you can't win, nor should you be trying to really because, you know, in essence, it's what they want versus what you want. And if it doesn't align, that's where a lot of the times people have to recognize, right? If things, if your life vision doesn't align with someone else's, then it's just not your person, right? So you just got to be good with that. Like be strong enough to be like, this just doesn't, add up for me. I'm not looking for something three years from now. <laughs> like if you're really looking for a committed relationship today, uh, and a couple of my friends actually who are going through this right now, who do listen to this podcast, you know what I'm saying and you know I'm talking to you. But um, <laughs> because it's so important that like instead of trying to fix the non-committal type and convince them of your way, I mean, while I tend to fall on that side too of... Um, Like the monetary stuff is not of value and it's not, you know, like that is not as important as how you're feeling inside every day. And if you're at a distance from your person and that doesn't feel good, you should, that's fixable, right? (laughs) So, so I tend to fall on your same side, but I also hold firm that you can't change people and you shouldn't try to. So it's important to recognize when you're on a different path or coming from a different place and then just be strong enough to say then this isn't for me. (laughs) You know, there's always going to be, I just feel like God, universe, always will put the next person there for you who is aligned with what you want and need. As long as you're clear on what it is you want and need. I mean, a lot of people forget that a very important step to attracting the life you desire is having a clear vision of what that is. You know, if you keep forgetting to like let the universe or God know, hey, here's what I desire, here's what I want and what I don't want, uh, and you just leave it vaguely open to, I'm just looking for my person, my soulmate. Like, that's that's not a thing. <laughs> you know, you, what is it? What does your soulmate look like? How do they show up? Because maybe God, universe keeps dropping people in your path. And then you keep saying, well, I didn't want that. Well, I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to be okay with this. But And that keeps showing up because you haven't really clearly defined it within your own mind of what you're looking for. And that's true of manifesting anything, guys. If you're trying to create anything within your life, but don't have a clear vision, whether it's a a future job or a location to live, if you can't see in your mind's eye, like all those details, those little things that are so essential to you, then how are you supposed to expect the universe to give you what you want when you don't even know what it is clearly enough? got some background noises I just had to go take care of for a second because I have kids home doing a little recording on the weekend and I can hear my kids and my dog. Anyway, my little co-host isn't even joining me today. He's downstairs with the kids. (laughs) So can we just talk about rejection for a minute? Because it's not about you not being enough. I feel the need to just say this because I hear it all the time and Rejection has nothing really to do with you. A no is just an opportunity for you to explore what. Like, if it's not this, then what, right? It's a reflection of what the other person wants, needs, or has the capacity for. You know, even when making an offer on a home or, you know, again, rejected from a position you applied for and all those other things, you can kind of apply this same concept. (laughs) Like, have you ever considered it's your answered prayer? Like, maybe instead... 
you don't get this job, but you'll start a new career that might lead you to way more money or bring you to a location where you'll meet your life partner, right? So maybe that failed marriage is a big gift and it's an opportunity to meet the love of your life. But maybe that first marriage wasn't a mistake at all. Maybe it was just an opportunity to learn a major life lesson about yourself and to grow into a better partner so that when that next relationship, your soulmate arrives, you're better, stronger version of yourself, right? I know learning what you don't want is sometimes even more important than being given what you think you do. <laughs> Let that one sink in for a second. This is really like learning what you do not want can be more valuable than being given what you think it is that you do want, right? We learn more from sometimes those rejections and from those failures and all of that stuff. There's so much more that you can gain from that versus if you were just given the exact thing you asked for the first go round because what's the value in that, you know? And then you might be showing up as like a not as great version of yourself because you haven't done a lot of that personal growth stuff. And I just, this is another thing. I feel like I'm kind of topic jumping here, but my mind it just keeps connecting from one thought to the next. So if you can follow along with Heather's crazy trail here, um, sometimes my mind just bops around from like, this makes me think of that. But my best friend and I, this is going way back to high school. I remember we used to have this heart versus head conversation all the time. And I hope she's listening to this podcast because if not, I'm going to send it to her because <laughs> she'll remember we talked about the head versus the heart all the time. Uh, I just heard the most powerful statement this weekend by someone on YouTube. And I wish that I really had taken note of who said it so I could give them some credit here. But it was like one of those passing things and I didn't have access to my phone to pick it up and look. But anyway, um, <laughs> so emotional data is still data or data, however you say it. <laughs> the most powerful kind of information that you can process. I mean, that's kind of my translation on it anyway. But think about it because like when people are like, oh, I'm so logical, I don't really lead with my heart. It's interesting because really like emotions are still data. It's still, you're still getting the information and it's actually way more impressive what you can gather from emotional data. So if you really wanna sit and analyze things and think it through, <laughs> process some of that emotional data, right? I mean, it is, it's big. But when definitely people tend to fall on one side of that coin or, or sword. <laughs> one side, <laughs> I don't know why I was gonna say fall on one side of the coin or the other. <laughs> That's so ridiculous, you know what I meant? Fall on one side of the sword or the other? I don't know, neither of those seems appropriate. Oh boy. You can tell I'm recording on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So for those of you who are very, very logical and think things through, the reason this, these dots were sort of connecting for me was because I was thinking back to the type who tend to want to get the finances in order or some stability in their life or, um, sort of feel a little more grounded before jumping into long-term commitment. And um, I do think that often those are logical types who are really thinking through future and, um, you know, because they're sort of weighing out a lot of uh, maybe pros and cons, but also um, the what ifs of life, like, you know, wanting to be prepared for whatever could happen, you know, they're definitely the ones that usually purchase the extended warranty. <laughs> 
or like, you know, they're always preparing for every possible outcome and they want to weigh it all out and maybe 50 times the same thought because what if they missed a detail? And there's nothing wrong with being in your head about things um, and trying to figure it out on paper or trying to, you know, go down the path of how it's going to affect every other thing. The problem with that is, though, I mean, have you guys ever done like a domino trail <laughs> where you knock one over and it knocks into the next to the next? Have you ever seen where like sometimes it just all it takes is that one domino to sort of go askew and hit something it wasn't supposed to. And then before you know it, it's like, ah, the whole other part is getting knocked over now that wasn't supposed to yet. And it's going all kind of haywire. It doesn't take much in life to sort of, you know, whatever it is that you thought you had planned out or mapped out for everything to just sort of fall and go astray. So all the planning in the world, you know, it can't protect you from everything. And certainly all it takes is that one little outside influence that you didn't predict to sort of shake everything up and make everything feel like a tower that's crumbling. <laughs> and uh, I mean, and if you're always so stuck in the logical brain, you can feel like your world is falling down around you because of that, because everything you've planned for or not planned for could be happening. And oh man, and everything that you thought you had lined up could just not seem right anymore and it really does mess with you now you know when you're following your heart of course people that follow their heart also tend to miss a lot of those things they don't always think it through because they dive in too quickly or they they just think like you know love's gonna conquer all and does it always no you know so sometimes people who are a little too heart heavy <laughs> that's a good way to put it right if you're a little too heart centered i guess um you can miss things and you can forget details and you can just think it's all going to fall into place and maybe it doesn't. Maybe some things and obstacles are too big to overcome. So what do I think about all this? I mean, if I'm being honest, I think balance is the key here, right? You've got to find a way for all of the strictly logical brained people out there. They have to find their way into their heart space and the people who are so all about just following what feels good need to find a way to, you know, think before they act a little more. And that marriage in between of the, the heart and the mind is magic. <laughs> you know, that's where that magical life can unfold because you're not afraid of the emotions. You're fully invested in like following the path of where your heart leads you and your intuition and following your spiritual path and what feels good and aligned. And you're also thinking before you just jump right in, you're able to, you know, not just sort of mow over everything else for what feels good for you. You're able to really think about the consequences, how it affects others, still be a good person to the other people in your world. I mean, Put it this way, if you are just all heart space and all about following what feels great and you get this great job offer out in California, but you live over in New York and you just decide, oh, I'm going to follow what feels good and this is a line and these are breadcrumbs I need to follow and it's all heart, 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 heart. And you forget that you have a family, you know, who is the kids are going to have to get uprooted from their school and it means that your significant other is going to have to quit their job and move, you know, across country where they don't have anything established. And like you haven't considered all those things. So 
yeah, you have to have some type of balance. You can't just hurt those around you and say, this is what I'm doing. It feels so right. <laughs> you know, the, the logical brain does need to jump in. Now the logical people, let me go down this path for a second. I feel like you can't just lead all from logic because you could be so set on, I'm going to do this first and then that, and I'm just going to stay on this like path until this is completed. Then when this is checked, then I'm going to do that. And then by building this, it's going to, you know, prepare me for this next step. And then I'll be able to, you know, <laughs> and then what's happening is around you, there's other people who are just like doing a dance for, you know, trying to get a moment of your time and attention and, you know, feeling like they, they very well could be the missing link. Like while you're doing and you're thinking and you're logically moving through life, all of these happinesses along the way in the journey could be being overlooked. You know, pe when people say the, and I think I did a whole podcast episode on this, that the joy is in the journey. Is that a real thing or not? Um, because it, when the fun things of life are just going by and you're so busy just sticking with your plan, you could miss out every like spontaneous occasion. Those are usually the most fun things in life, not the things you planned for or whatever, but the random like Saturday night. I'll give a great example. Just last night, <laughs> Saturday night, a couple of my friends, um, like went and grabbed Mexican and then showed up and like, I had a whole plan. <laughs> Like originally I had a whole plan and it did not involve tequila, but they were like, hey, we just had these drinks. You have any tequila? I look in my freezer and I do. And guess what? We just had drinks and fun and laughter and like it wasn't the night I had planned for, but it was so fun and impromptu and like those things are the things of life. If I had just been like all mislogical and like oh no, like this was the plan and I can't do that. And you know, I'm, you get where I'm going. Like I just went way astray <laughs> from my original logic story. But um, you know, the stuff in the journey, the stuff along the way that's going on, you can't be so narrow-minded and tunnel visioned that you miss those things that pop up. Like all of the sudden, you know, the perfect life partner could be there and saying, hey, look at me, I'm right here. Let's do this thing together. It'll be so fun. And you could be like, yes, but hang on just a minute. Just a minute. This isn't quite the right time. And in doing that, the next week they could meet someone else and be gone. And you missed your opportunity. Um, you know, I, I have a friend who really wanted to get like the job, the house, the the wife, the like it was like all these things first. He's very logical. And then um, when that's done, then I want to have, I feel like I just lost my total train of thought. I just, sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at my window and just saw a truck go by and like he almost ended up in the snowbank. I just got so distracted and then I was like, wait, what friend am I talking about? <laughs> so hold on a second. This is the friend that has like, oh yeah, that he wanted the business and the wife and the like all these things first and then um, wanted to start a family, but only after all these other things were in place and whatnot, then wanted to have children. And what ended up happening was they waited, they did the business building, they did the, they bought the house, they got married, they did all that stuff. And then by the time all that was done and they tried, then there were things that had happened in her body during that time where she was no longer able to have kids. So 
because it was had to be in a certain order of like, no, this has to get established. Then we can buy the house. Then once we have a house, because we need to have this big house before we can have children to fill it up with. And then, you know, but by the time all those things came together, they missed their window, you know, and you don't know what your windows are sometimes, you know, all the logic in the world. He never would have been able to foresee that, um, you know, or know that if we don't have them before she's 32, then at 32, this opportunity will be lost. So in their situation, it was like a missed opportunity for something that was on that bucket list of like, I have to achieve in my life. I want this family. And the whole, all these other things that he was logically trying to put together were really only for that happy ending of the the kids. That he That was like his main ending that he wanted was the wife and kids. But he put them at the end of the story. And then thought, all these other things, my finances have to be in place first and my home has to be bought so that I have a place for them that's safe and whatever and all that stuff. But then, you know what I mean? You can see how this can go badly. So either end can really put you into a place where, you know, you feel like you're just following your heart. You feel like you're just, you know, logically doing what makes sense. But in the end, like you're missing all those little intuitive hits, that gut feeling that's going, Ooh, that's a, that sounds kind of like a fun time. Ooh, that seems like a good option. Oh, like th- this person could be my, the one, like they have all the qualities. That, like if you ignore all that stuff and just keep shoving it aside because you're in one camp or the other, <laughs> and then you might actually miss out on like I feel like God waving his arms going it's right here (laughs) like I'm literally putting this dream job right in front of you right now don't wait until after you've met the love of your life to accept the position or vice versa you know don't be so headstrong on getting all established first before the person you know whichever way you fall you could be just missing all of those signs so I'm gonna take a quick break don't go anywhere I've got more to say guys I'm getting really close now to the launch of my hypnotherapy sessions that are going to be released in March. And if any of you are interested in getting a few bonus videos along with any hypnosis session that you want to purchase, then now is the time to just send me a quick email. Let me know you listen to the podcast. Mention that I said you could get a bonus and I will add you to my list. So that way when I roll out those new programs, um, whatever you purchase, we will custom put together some type of bonus video just for you that can help to support you going forward and, um, and keep you just in the perfect subconscious mindset. So guys, if that is something that interests you, I will drop a link in today's podcast description. So right back to the show. So at first I was going to have an entirely different podcast entitled, How Do You Define Yourself? Um, but I think instead I'm just going to rope it into the second half of this show because it kind of goes in with this heart and mind, uh, question and just all around with today's topic. So this is why I ask if someone asked you, who are you? I want you to pause the podcast for just a second and answer that. Are you a bold, confident businesswoman? An entrepreneur who's going places? (laughs) Are you a loving mother? Are you a committed husband? Are you a loyal son, friend, brother? Here's why I ask. The way you define yourself says a lot about where you place your priorities in life. You know, is it placed where you want it? So in other words, 
when you die at your eulogy, will you be just cringing in your grave or rolling in your grave, as they say? Um, when they say, here lies Albert, the hardworking entrepreneur, the, you know, what, the dedicated brother and son. Like, what is it? Like, whatever they say, like, what, however you define yourself, if those words are spoken at your own eulogy, will you literally be cringing and just thinking like, oh, no, that's the legacy I left behind. Like, is that what I want to be remembered as? Because those are all great qualities. Don't get me wrong. Being a great mom, being a great husband, being a great uh, businessman, being kind to others. Like, But it really is, I want you to think about what it is that you want to be remembered as. And how do you want people to remember the impact that you left on this world, you know? Oh, uh-oh. I think my dog is trying to get in after all. My co-host misses me. Hold on. Let me let him in. You know you missed him. All the slurping and snorting. <laughs> well, he's here. He knew the energy was good, so he came in to join. Uh, but really, I, I think about this often as what am I leaving behind? Have I impacted enough people? Have I changed this world in any way for the better? And I know that sounds kind of cheesy. and But honestly, like if, if I die, do I want people just sitting around being like, oh, she was such a hard worker? No, <laughs> I don't care about that. So I try now when I'm like doing a bio for the podcast or for my website or whatever it is, that I don't identify myself necessarily as just well, one, just as one thing, but that I really try to make sure that whatever I write is what I'm actually embodying, what people would actually say about me, not just how I want to be seen, but how I'm actually putting myself out there in the world. Because a lot of people, it's a mismatch. You know, they say, oh, I'm such a hardworking person and, and then not so much, you know, or, oh, I'm such a committed husband. And then, um, no, your eyes are wandering all over the place. Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like there are people that just like want to be identified as something that they, I think it's just that it's a want. They want to be that they just aren't there yet, you know? So just making sure that whatever you do, however you live your life is in alignment with how you want people to speak of you when you're gone someday. And so, Gosh, now he wants, no, he's itching. Sorry, guys. It's always noises. <laughs> you know, like, as long as it doesn't distract from what we're talking about, right? Uh, <laughs> he's really loud today. Oh, boy. Well, he helps my energy anyway. Hopefully he makes some of you smile. I know I hear from a few listeners every week that say they just love Stitch. So <laughs> when Stitch is gone, what will we say? He was a obnoxiously snorty, drooly happy goofy oh are you listening french bulldog is that you (laughs) yeah what would they say about you i don't know but he gives a lot of unconditional love so hey i mean we're gonna talk about how loving he was and how much we that's the thing what will people miss about you would they miss is anybody gonna miss the person who is like you know is anybody gonna miss the person who is just What's the word I'm looking for? Like a great leader? I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is, yes, some of those qualities, the hard work and the leadership and the, you know, these things that sound really good on a resume are great. But like when you're gone, can it, is it replaceable? Of course it is. Those are qualities that you can find another person who can work hard and lead and whatever. But it's about you and your energy and your 
inner self. It's your charisma. It's your, it's what you're putting out. It's how you're loving people. It's how you're all those things. So I think for the heart centered people, especially that might be the very frustration they have with those who get real logical and and ignore at the expense of their heart. Not the people who are starting to balance it out, but the people who do it at the expense of emotions and feelings is that they're forgetting that people might be seeing in you, by the way, things that you're not even necessarily aware of. But if they're start, if they love that energy and that time that you have, and then that's what you sort of pull away. So how do I explain this? It's almost to me like... Somebody who's not giving of their time and energy to a relationship partner, I feel like that's more so cheating on the relationship than anything. Because like I said before, that that time currency is so valuable. And if somebody else is trying to give their time and energy to you and there's an imbalance there, Can you see where a partner might feel neglected, even though you might be doing all of these building things in order to support them in that relationship? From their point of view, the one thing that's irreplaceable that they're willing to give of themselves to you, which can never be taken back. They never get their time back. If they've invested time and energy into you, they'll never get that back. And if you're not able to meet them in the middle with that... That's where the problem lies. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's because I really think that even a logical person, especially if you look at that quote I said before from that YouTuber, um, (laughs) that if you are using that emotional stuff as data, (laughs) you're processing all of that. Like even you can logic your way into understanding that without... The love and joy and excitement and all that stuff and the time spent together with the people you love, none of the other stuff has the same value. None of the monetary stuff has as much, you know, weight to it. So when you're putting it on a scale, it doesn't, it doesn't come out the same, (laughs) you know, and, um, there are a lot of individuals, uh, with autism or on the spectrum. I know like Asperger's syndrome is a great example where, Sometimes there's a lot of logic that sort of precedes, I don't even know if that's the word I want to use, that it sort of trumps sometimes some of the heart space stuff, but it doesn't necessarily mean that all that emotional stuff's not there. It just means that it's sort of not backburnered, but um, it's overridden. And, And so sometimes I just caution my friends who are so worried about like, why can't they meet me in this? space that I'm in, you know, cause, but think about, are you, are you trying hard enough to see it from their point of view and perspective as well? Because, you know, it could still be in there and they could very much still have the same desires that you do. And just to take it a step further, all of that heart space stuff, maybe they are primarily somebody who is in their heart space. It's just, they connect love with providing and security so for them those acts of service to provide are their way of showing you their love for you so you do have to establish a conversation around how 
like what your way of showing love is. It's a very Gen Z thing, I think. But like to really like, what's your love language? <laughs> you know, how do you feel loved? Because you want to also be providing. So if they are an acts of service person and you're never providing acts of service, but you're always like, you know, want, telling them how you feel about them and, and that's your way or like tons of PDA or something is your way. They might not feel all that loved by you because acts of service is what speaks to them. So getting on the same page and having those conversations, I think, is really important. But um, I still don't think, sorry, I'm losing my voice again. I still don't think one trumps the other. I just don't think that's the case. And I think, again, that the balance and finesse and uh, understanding that we're all just different. Because some people will, for their whole life, always be a more logical individual. Some people will always be all up in the feels more. And I will raise my hand and attest to me being a feely person, <laughs> but I have tried, I've worked my butt off in my life to find that balance because logic speaks to me too. Um, I'm a big planner and I like to like, you know, that stuff's important to me. I just, am, I think this is a phase of life for me where I've prioritized heart over that. And honestly, it was the experience of major grief and loss. I think that, that turned me that way because once I had like, my husband stripped away from me, it forced me to realize that we did our whole life as a big plan. We needed to do this. And then when that was established, this, and then like our whole goal, our end goal was to live on the lake and retire there. And so where I live, that's a very expensive prospect. And so we put off kids for a decade <laughs> like sooner, like later than when I probably would have wanted to start having a family. But because we were trying to like just put away money and be prepared for that other step. And we knew once kids came that, you know, I might not go back to work or, um, you know, our finances wouldn't be able to be quite the priority anymore because kids sports and stuff would take over. And like, maybe we wouldn't be able to work as much overtime or whatever it was. Like we just in our mind had like a this, then this, then this type of life. And then, you know, he was young guys. Like it's, that's just shocking. And so when you're not prepared for it and it gets stripped away, you look at time in a very, very different lens. And all of a sudden I definitely saw time as the currency of life. And so if I'm giving my time to somebody, then I love that person. If I am giving like energy and space to anything, there's a passion there for it because I won't waste my time on anything superficial anymore. Not for me. It's just a waste because you know, like I've said in past episodes, that's sort of like immediate satisfaction and stuff is just not anything that speaks to me. It's more about like, how can I feel this good all the time, every day? Um, and, and so now I'm so much more heart driven because I just feel like there's just no time to spare. Um, and I know I say this often, but like getting to a space where like none of it matters, strip it all away, house fire, whatever <laughs> happens it's still not going to destroy me because I've got, you know, I could be in a tent on a beach somewhere with my core people. And so long as the people I love are with me, I'm good. Like, I'm good. Of course, like people can say, well, oh, but I want to be able to retire and spend more time with family or I want to 
Like there's a lot of things, a lot of layers where it makes logical sense to do all the other things first. But then, you know, mom, I know you, you're going to, this one will hit hard when you listen, but it's, I think about my parents all the time and they put off things. They had us early, super early, um, like right out of high school sweethearts, right into having a family, thinking we're going to have our children young. And so then we'll be young when they're out of school and we can do all these things, travel, whatever. And then, you know, a major illness hit. And my dad has Parkinson's, which, you know, it doesn't, he doesn't have, I'm going to knock on wood for saying this, but um, doesn't have the extreme where like, you know, the shuffling gait and all the other, like the pill rolling, for those of you who understand Parkinson's, um, or the masked emotions, thank goodness. Um, but it does, you know, he ends up with back pain and, and issues with his legs and things that make it so all of those ideas, the traveling and these adventures that they wanted, I'm sure have been stifled a bit. So I think about that often and I think about what it is that I am setting myself up for and am I making sure that I'm not just shelving the big things or thinking I'll get to that later or whatever. I am just prioritizing anything that I feel like I have to do in my life. And if that's, you know, family, kids, love, whatever, if it's um, a career aspiration or whatever it is, I just don't stop. I'm like, push, push, push until I get whatever it is because there's no time to waste. (laughs) So, you know, and that's my logical brain also talking now because of course, I'm like I said, I'm a very heart-centered person now, but my logical brain has witnessed, you know, and now it is in my subconscious because I've seen it play out the worst case scenario in so many circumstances, not just my own, but like I said, my parents, like friends, my in-laws, I've seen this over and over and over where this scenario is played out of wanting to do things later that that later never comes. And that to me is such a loss. So if I can sort of flag anybody here and say, well, just stop and pause and think on this for a minute. Let's say next week is your last week. What haven't you done that you're like, I really wanted to do this, that you thought you had a bunch of time? Because most people, when they ask themselves that question, they're like, I mean, it doesn't have to happen tomorrow. But it maybe does because even things like getting a will written up or, you know, purchasing that life insurance or whatever it is, like, because I hear these things in my um, Facebook groups all the time about the things that people did not prepare for because they thought they had time. And because to anyone you talk to, it sounds like a one-off situation. Like, that's that's not typical, though. I mean, somebody getting cancer and they're, you know, when they just turn 40, that's not typical, though. So they, in your mind, you're rationalizing that I'm going to have more time than that person. And I don't know why you're rationalizing that or think that that's a logical thought because the truth of the matter is it happens all the time. Thousands upon thousands of people every day losing their life far before anybody thought they would. So pushing off and saying, well, it's not going to happen tomorrow. I've got a day to think on it. Even that is kind of illogical because you don't know that that's not a given so I would say for those of you who are very logically um, driven to just keep into consideration what you might be when you're making your lists or you're doing things in order or you're thinking with your brain about how best to plan and prepare for something um, 
just consider that, that element of finality that can hit at any given point. And then will there be things that you had placed at the end of the timeline that should have happened far earlier? And then for those of you who are super heart spaced, um, I'm asking you to have compassion and understanding because those who are really working from their head are usually protectors. They're usually people, oh, sorry guys, I was sitting on my knee, are usually people who are acting out of heart energy, but they are doing it in a methodical way to try to have the outcome that they want. And so attacking them for their way of doing is never going to get you what you desire. Chasing after them is only going to push them further away. <laughs> so none of that stuff works to try to change somebody else. And understanding and having empathy for why they're doing it in the way they're doing it will really help you to understand that it is not a you thing. Just like I said about the rejection earlier in the show, it's not a you thing. <laughs> I need people to stop questioning themselves and if they're good enough and if they're their worthiness and all this and it has nothing to do with you it could have everything to do with you actually if they're trying to be a provider for you so it's in a beautiful way right so we always go to that negative assumption and often that's what can hurt people i think in a marriage or in a relationship or um is just assuming that it's being done for this reason or that reason, or they're just trying to make money and like putting that ahead of me. And I don't think so. I really don't think many people are driven for money for selfish purposes and not for like more family legacy. You know, like they, those are, those are still people who are heart driven, believe it or not. They're coming at it from a systematic approach that seems in their head to make sense um, because they're really trying to, think through all the scenarios and protect against the bad things happening. So, you know, sort of honor that, love them for that. And I think if all of us can just sort of walk a mile in others' shoes a little more often, it will make us much more compassionate and have more acceptance over people's differences. And instead of trying to change people, just love them for it. Like conversation and communication is so big. You can get so much further if you just tell them how you're feeling. If you're feeling like you're neglected because they're putting too much time in at work, or if you're feeling like they're not wanting to commit to you because things aren't good in their life right now, hear them out and then explain your side of things. And maybe then that compromise and meeting in the middle can happen more often instead of just sort of that attack or assumption bit that always just leads to two people clashing and repelling. And so... <laughs> I went all the way across the bend today, but um, hopefully that hit for somebody out there. I know I'm, I'm still been rolling like for like a month. I feel like all my episodes have just been more than that, maybe two months have just been based on what you guys are telling me you want for episodes. So I've been rolling with that and I feel like it's heading more in relationship space, which has been fine. Um, but I do have some health ones coming up. I have an exciting episode, guys. Hmm, I don't think it can be next week because I am gonna have to pre-record, but I think that probably this next month anyway, I've got a guy named Lenny who has kicked cancer's butt and i love that so much i've got a good friend mike who thank you mike for getting us in touch so that i can make him a guest 
and we can find out what was his secret sauce to kicking cancer's butt and his life is just interesting guys you won't want to miss this one so anyway just a little preview of what's to come keep sticking around keep telling your friends i appreciate all of you so much and i'll see you next week guys